everyone. This is Yvette Hampton. Welcome back to the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. We are back this week with another replay from the Homegrown Generation Family Expo. This one is a session I did with Israel Wayne, and it's on avoiding the pitfalls of homeschooling. And I know that even being into a new school year, there are so many pitfalls that we can fall into. And so Israel's here to help us. If you missed this session for the Homegrown Generation Family Expo, you are going to be so encouraged this week. And if you did listen to it the first time, you'll be encouraged again, because if you're anything like me, I listen to things and then I forget many of the points that were made and I have to go back and listen again. And so you are going to be greatly encouraged this week. But before we get into it, I want to say thank you to our sponsor, CTC Math. If you guys are looking for a great online math program, visit ctcmath.com. Try them out for free, ctcmath.com. Now enjoy my session with Israel Wayne. Israel, welcome to the Homegrown Generation Family Expo. Tell our listeners who you are. Tell us a little bit about you and your family. Well, it's great to be back with you. Uh, I am a homeschooled graduate and a homeschooling father. My family started homeschooling in 1978, uh, which was about five years before the modern day homeschool movement began. Uh, I graduated from homeschooling in 1991, which was uh, a year before homeschooling became legal in the state in which I lived. So my entire experience uh, being homeschooled was uh, when it was against the law. So whole story there. <laughs> uh, my mom in 1988 started publishing a national homeschool magazine, and uh, it became one of the nation's longest running Christian homeschool publications. So I grew up sort of in the leadership side of the homeschooling movement. Uh, my mom was an author and conference speaker and spoke at conferences back in the 80s and 90s, 2000s and so on. And so uh, because I was one of the first homeschool graduates in the United States, I actually started getting invited as a teenager to speak at conferences uh, in the 1990s. And by mid-1990s, um, I was keynoting homeschool conferences and wrote my first book on homeschooling in 2000. Um, actually, uh, my wife is also a homeschool graduate. Her family started homeschooling in Arizona in 1983, and, uh, we've been married 24 years. We have 11 children, all of whom have been homeschooled from birth. Uh, so, so my professional career, I guess, uh, I started working for, um, my, my mother's homeschool publishing company in 1993, January. So I just finished 30 years, wow. uh, full-time working in homeschool publishing, as well as conference speaking and advocacy for uh, home education. So it's been quite a fun ride. Uh, my whole yeah. adult life has been professionally involved in, in promoting homeschooling. So something I'm very passionate about. Um, and, and then also, uh, you know, working f as marketing director for um, the homeschool magazine that we published for 20 years, my day job was interfacing with curriculum publishers and homeschool speakers, authors, vendors, that kind of thing. So I'm pretty familiar with all, all things uh, homeschool uh, from my experience being homeschooled, working professionally in it, and then homeschooling our 11 children. Yeah. So you you are a professional homeschooler, really, is what you're saying. <laughs> I'm, I'm through and through. between chronically and terminally homeschooled, I think, is what it is. <laughs> I love it. Well, you are so much fun to listen to, and you are full of uh, wisdom, advice, and experience, all of those three things. And so when when we were trying to figure out what session would be best for you to talk about, I saw this one, avoiding and recovering from homeschool mistakes. And I was like, well, that's Israel, because <laughs> if anyone can talk on this topic, it is you. Um, I know that you've been in the world for such a long time. And I think as a homeschool mom, that's one of 
one of my fears, and I know all the other moms as well, like our, our, one of our greatest fears is, can we actually do this? Can we do it well? Are we going to screw up our kids? Are we going to mess up our family? And how do we get through this with the, the least amount of mistakes? You know, my, my desire always is that when my kids leave my house, that I will have as few regrets as possible. And I will have regrets. I mean, all of us are sinful people. So there's always going to be things that we're going to be like, oh, I wish I wouldn't have done that. I wish I wouldn't have said that. I wish we would have made a different decision. But if we have people to go before us who can help us navigate these sometimes really muddy waters, then that's what I want. I, I need the wisdom um, from people like you who who have gone before us. And you're, you're just a little ahead of us, more ahead of us. I... I with your kids, your kids, you have some who are a little older than my oldest, um, but because you've been doing this for so long. So share with us what the Lord has taught you over your 30 plus years of being in the homeschool world. Um, and maybe, I, I mean, I guess we'll start however you want, but do we want to talk about avoiding some of the mistakes that we sometimes make? And then we can talk about recovering from them once we've made them. Well, I think the uh, first one that I'll start with is one that that probably any veteran homeschooler will recognize. But if you're brand new to homeschooling, um, it's not necessarily self-evident. And the first mistake is assuming that homeschooling is is synonymous with schooling at home. Right. <laughs> and I know that sounds like I'm playing semantics games, but literally the mentality that people bring to homeschooling often is they take their experience, which is fair enough about what education is supposed to look like, uh, which was largely them sitting in a brick and mortar school for 12 years uh, at a desk in a classroom, looking at a chalkboard, and they try to bring that home and replicate that model within the home. And um, that's counterproductive. Yeah, that, that is really not what we wanna be going for in homeschooling. Homeschooling is not you know, picking up your child's desk, carrying it down the street, plunking it on your kitchen floor and saying, okay, now we're going to just do everything that the public school does at home. Um, and, and I know families, that, and I remember especially in the 1980s because homeschooling was so new and like nobody had done it, you know, right. and there was nobody to kind of go ahead of you and, and teach you or mentor you. You were figuring it out on your own. So almost all homeschooling families that I knew did this. I mean, they would literally have school desks in the house with a chalkboard and an American flag and pledge allegiance to the flag. And you'd have to raise your hand, ask a question <laughs> and you have to get permission, uh, permission to go use the restroom and, and, you know, recess. And I mean, it was like ridiculous. And, and eventually parents figured out that, oh, this is not the best way to homeschool. And um, so, so I would say that that's, that's really one of the first mistakes. And, you know, my perspective, I, I have a little bit of a radical perspective on some things because I was homeschooled. I didn't grow up in an institutional government school, so I don't have so many things to unlearn. So some things seem really obvious to me. But just on that point about avoiding the mistake of, of trying to replicate the public school in your, in your home, if you say, well, how do, I, how do I recover from that? Or how do I, you know, avoid that? My, my best advice to you would be to say, Think about pretty much everything that the government school does and how they do it and why they do it, and then do the complete opposite <laughs> of all of them. Yeah. And that's going to give you the best chance of being successful as a homeschooler. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a tough thing because I, I still, you know, I did grow up in school. I went to a, a Christian school most of my life and I had a good experience. Um, 
but of course I came into homeschooling with that same idea that, you know, I, I don't think we had desks ever, but you know, I had my whiteboard, which we still have a whiteboard. I love having my whiteboard. Um, and there is, there are benefits to some of that, but I definitely came into it with, okay, Brooklyn, here's your worksheet, fill out all the blanks. And then we'll do the next worksheet. And then, and we did the Pledge of Allegiance. We did all that. And not that any of that stuff is wrong. You know, we're not shaming any families who do that. For some people that works great, but it's that it's the pressure that is put on moms feeling like they have to, like you said, replicate, replicate what the classroom looks like. And then you have to be a mom on top of all of that. And you have to deal with life. And that's where it's like, that's just insanity. You can't possibly do that. And then moms feel like they're inadequate and they're not doing it right. They're doing it all wrong because it doesn't look like what it looked like for most of us growing up, except for Israel who never sat in a classroom. <laughs> um, right. And I think, I think part of that too, is just even the definition of what we mean by homeschooling. Uh-huh. So again, I think most people when they homeschool and they use that term, what they think of is we're doing academics at home right. rather than learning academics at school. We're learning academics at home. That's not how I think about homeschooling at all. My Mm -hmm. paradigm is completely, totally different than that. So my definition of homeschooling is that homeschooling is parenting and relationship Mm. and that we use academics as one of the tools in the parenting toolbox to prepare our child for life. No parent should homeschool alone. You have a God-given calling to bring up your child to love God and to steward His creation. And BJU Press exists to help you be successful in that endeavor. Visit their website at BJUPressHomeschool.com or call 1-800-845-5731 to connect with an experienced homeschool consultant. Apologia supports homeschool families with Christ-centered K-12 homeschool curriculum designed to engage your student as they experience the awe and wonder of creation and their creator. Designed by leading scholars with a biblical worldview, Apologia's award-winning curriculum is written in a conversational tone directly to the student to encourage independence. Hands-on activities and experiments help students solidify the concepts they're exploring and build a lifelong love of learning. Visit us at Apologia.com. So, you know, this is, I think, another mistake that homeschooling parents sometimes make is that they focus so much on academics Mm -hmm. and their definition of homeschooling is that I have to give my child this huge information download because there are a billion data bits out there in the universe that my child has to have downloaded into their little brain before they graduate high school. And of course, you know, who determines what those billion data bits are? Some expert somewhere that we've never met. We don't know their name, but you know, somebody set a standard somewhere, uh, government school, uh, you know, committee, somebody somewhere said, these are the things you have to learn at this age and this grade, and these are the things that you have to know to be successful in life. Um, The problem with that is that everybody's life is different, right? And um, so so not all people actually need to know all the same information. Not everybody has to have uh, a standardized education, which I'll I'll cycle back to, uh, because I think that's a whole other mistake that we make is the the mistake of standardization. Mm -hmm. But... um, you know, the, the goal of the parent should not be to try to force all these billions of bits of information into their child's brain. It should be teaching your child how to learn. 
mm-hmm. you know, uh, rather than because um, because the thing is, you will forget almost everything you learned in school. Yeah, you know, even in homeschool, you just will. It's the nature of it. The only things that we retain or that we remember from our formal schooling years is pretty much the things that we use on an ongoing basis and everything else we completely forget. That's why it's so hard and parents feel like, oh, I don't know that I can homeschool my child because I don't know any of this information that I'm trying to teach my child. It's like, well, you went through school. Why do you not know any of it? Well, it's because most of it's completely irrelevant to everyday life Yeah, and you don't use it. And so therefore you don't remember it because you, for the most part, don't even need it. Yeah. And so, so rather than focusing on uh, cramming your child's head full of information bits, uh, rather you should look at, look at your goal as a parent is how do I parent this child and guide them and lead them to prepare them for life and to prepare them for God's call on their life and what God wants them to do? Yeah. How do I do that effectively and successfully as a parent? And you're going to need some academics for that. Sure. And you know, the academics have a place for sure. But I think more importantly than focusing on the academics is to focus on relationship. Mm-hmm. And the relationship piece is one that a lot of people run away from. I hear it all the time. Uh, we just had a conversation a couple of days ago with a mom uh, who said we were homeschooling, but my daughter and I didn't get along. And so I put her in public school. Mm. And so, so the problem, in, in my view, with that scenario is we have a relationship conflict. And so we're going to solve the relationship conflict by simply avoiding each other. Right. You know, and avoidance ends up being really a thing that that kills the opportunity for influence and relationship. Yeah. And so rather than running away from relationships, it's kind of like saying, well, my husband and I or my wife and I are having a conflict. We're not getting along. So what we need to do is just avoid each other as much as possible. Well, well, yeah, it makes the conflict go down, but it also almost completely removes the possibility of relationship. So God created this scenario or this paradigm that he talks about in Deuteronomy 6, where he says we're supposed to teach our children from the time we wake up in the morning till the time we go to bed. We're supposed to teach them whether we're sitting at home inside of our house or whether we're walking outside of our house. He says, teach your children diligently. Yeah. I mean, that's a comprehensive, like all day, every opportunity, every lesson you teach your children. And yeah, you'll use academics, but academics are not an end goal. They're just a means to an end. And most of the time, what I find is that the academics actually just brings out a lot of uh, stress and conflict uh, and sometimes character flaws and sin in us where our children are lazy uh, where they don't want to do their studies, where they become rebellious, where they have attitudes and they push back against their parents. And then we're trying to teach them. And then what do we do? We get attitudes and we push back <laughs> and, you know, and we have sin problems and character problems. And the academics actually kind of just brings to the surface a lot of relationship issues that we have to deal with. And we have a choice in that moment. Do we run away from that or do we press into it? Right. And my view, of course, is that God wants us to press into that. So, yeah. So, Prioritizing relationship over academics is essential because if the relationship doesn't work, the homeschooling won't work. Right. And if the relationship part is working, you can figure out the academic part. Yeah. Yeah. I think Christy Clover um, hit on this last night a little bit where we were talking about um, character over curriculum, you know, and, and, and that's basically what you're saying, you know, the character of our child 
matters so much more than the curriculum, but the curriculum sometimes helps to bring out what character traits we need to work on. And, and, you know, I appreciate that you talked about that not everything matters that they're going to learn because they're not going to remember a lot of it. And some of it just is irrelevant to their lives, but those things teach our kids how to learn and they teach them how to expand their brain. So there is so much benefit to teaching the academics. So we're not saying like, don't teach your kids academics at all. Just play all day long, which play is just as important as academics as well. We'll talk about that, but Yes, there's definitely some, I think, burdens that need to be lifted from moms who feel like they have to do it all. They have to check every single box. And by the time their kids graduate school, they have had to pour all of these details, like you said, all of this information into their child's brain and their kid has to remember it all. Some kids are crazy smart and they're going to remember the things that they're learning, but they'll remember the things that the Lord wants them to learn and God will equip them with what they need to know to be Jesus loving, successful adults. And that's what matters most. So, um, so yeah, I love that. Are you going to talk about the, cause you, you talked about the, um, the system and living up to these standards. Um, are you going to talk about being behind? I'm assuming you're going to get to that because I know that's a big thing where moms are like, Oh, my kids are behind. What do I do? Yeah. Uh, I hear that all the time. My child's behind and, and I'm like behind who, right. um, who are they racing? right? You know, is this a race and your child is, is not catching up to the child in front of them? And so, you know, I, I would say another one of the mistakes that parents make is the myth of, of the necessity of standardization. Mm-hmm. Uh, the government school is predicated on that. And there are reasons why the government school has to have standardization for them to be who they are, right. do what they do and accomplish their purposes and their agenda. But for us as parents, um, this concept of standardization is, is very fallacious and not helpful. Um, I have 11 children and not one of my children uh, so far is standardized. They are all completely unique, uh-huh. completely different from each other. They have different learning styles. They have different interests, different personalities. Uh, and so, you know, God didn't make them all the same. And yet the government school says that you have a 10 year old. And so they are in fifth grade. And so they need to learn these things at this age. Uh, it's a very arbitrary type uh, program. And then, the, and then we test them, of course, to make sure that all the children are standardized. And then we grade them on that. And the biggest problem that I have, like with standardized testing, for example, is how, whether parents and educators mean to do this or not, uh, it is the net result of it. But a child's entire se- sense of self-worth is predicated on their performance on the standardized test. Mm-hmm. If they score high on the test, then they are a valuable human being. And right. if they don't, then they're a failure and that they will never amount to anything in life. And and even the issue of grades, you know, fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade, I believe are completely arbitrary uh, and really unnecessary. Um, so like the example I use for people who, you know, still have the public school mindset, they can't get, get their mind around that idea is, uh, you know, I have a son who is 13 years old. Um, he's doing like 11th grade math. He's doing like ninth grade science. I think he's doing fifth grade English, uh, probably like sixth grade history. So what grade is he? Right. (laughs) 
you know, and of course what people do immediately is they think, oh, he's this age. Well, that corresponds to maybe seventh grade. Well, he's not doing seventh grade anything, basically. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so what grade is he in? Yeah. So so it's really very arbitrary. And, and sometimes I'll also say, you know, let's say that you and I got hired to work for a company and we're computer programmers and somebody says, okay, you, you need to take this class. Uh, what level should we start you in? Um you know, I would be in the preschool level <laughs> Me too. for computer programming. So we're sitting here in preschool, kindergarten class, right? Does that make us preschoolers? Does that make us kindergartners? No, it just means we haven't learned that yet. Right. So so in one sense, the, the concept of levels kind of makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Not so much grades, right. but levels. And some of the homeschool curriculum publishers who actually create curriculum for homeschoolers, Mm -hmm. they don't use the term grades. They actually do use levels because it builds sequentially Mm -hmm. uh, as a knowledge base. So, you know, a year from now, if you and I work at this company, we might be in fourth grade programming, right? Yeah. (laughs) But that doesn't define who we are. We're not fourth graders. We just don't know the the next material yet, right? right? So there can be value in us, you know, having levels so we know what stage or what level we're moving into. Uh, but but in terms of this, you're in sixth grade, almost no student learns that way. Right. Almost no stu- student is always at grade level in all of these subjects, nor should they be. Right. Uh, because we're all different and we learn differently. And then back to standardized testing. Um, standardized testing. Uh, well, let me just say this. Testing a child can be helpful in that as parents, we want to know, did they learn the material? Did they comprehend it? Did they retain it? Mm-hmm. And do they have the ability and capacity to be able to uh, repeat it or communicate it to somebody else? Right. And so testing can be helpful in that respect. So we've, let's say we've studied something on the Middle Ages and we test them to find out, did you learn the material that you studied? Do you know the material? Can you communicate effectively what you learned? Testing can be helpful in that respect. But I think this concept of of them measuring themselves among their peers and deriving their self-worth from that or parents assigning or ascribing their self-worth to the child based on that, I think is hugely detrimental. And the scripture even speaks to it where the apostle Paul says, comparing ourselves among ourselves, we are unwise. Mm, And that's really what standardized testing does is it compares us among ourselves and then says, well, your worth or your value is is this based on where you score and, and what percentage points you got. And you know, even even taking tests, um, I, I use this illustration a lot when I talk to people about this, that Albert Einstein and Winston Churchill and C.S. Lewis and some of the most brilliant people of all time were horrible students. And some people said that, that like Albert Einstein and Thomas Edison uh, had, had the inability to learn. Mm. They, they believed that they were completely, uh, you know, un- that they were, teachers believed that they couldn't be taught. And it wasn't because they were stupid. Right. It was because they were genius. And sometimes geniuses just don't do well on tests. Right. And there are other people who are great test takers. But practically, you know, if you hired them, you would fire them because right. <laughs> they can't apply that to something productive in the real world. Yeah. And so, so it's really, you know, the fact that somebody has good grades and somebody has bad grades doesn't really even tell us a lot about intelligence. It doesn't even really tell us a lot about whether somebody's smart or not, capable or not. It's what it tells us, what it teaches us is that some people are really good at taking tests Uh and some people are not good at taking tests. Yeah. 
and, and maybe that's helpful information in the real world, but for the most part, it's not. And I, I think as parents, we have to just, again, kind of deconstruct our, our government school paradigm hmm. and realize that education and schooling are completely and totally different from each other. I hope you have been so encouraged by this session with Israel Wayne on avoiding the pitfalls of homeschooling. If you've not yet signed up for our newsletter, go to schoolhouserocked.com, sign up there and be in the know on all the things that are going on with the Schoolhouse Rocked ministry, schoolhouserocked.com. Make sure you stay tuned to the very end so you can hear a clip of what's coming up next on the podcast. Have a great day. We'll see you back here next time. Bye. What we do at IEW is break through the, the noise of the grammar and the writing prompts, and we say, this is what you do, step by step. And I've witnessed it over and over again, both watching Andrew teach and hearing from parents, this is the best writing program. We've made it so easy and made it really affordable. So any mom can teach writing to their children using our course, and we guarantee it. To try three weeks of free lessons, visit IEW.com slash rocked. I remember when I was 12 years old, I was getting ready to start doing high school classes. And she said, you probably wonder how it is that you're going to be able to do high school with me as your teacher when I didn't even go to high school. Yeah. I said, yeah, that, that's kind of a good question. <laughs> like, how, how's that going to work? And she said, well, I've made a few commitments to you and I just want to tell you what they are. She said, I've made a commitment to teach you how to read. And she said, that's been really painful, but you know, we're, we're, we're making progress on that. But she said, my view is I don't have to teach you everything that there is to know in the universe because I don't know it all and you'll forget most of it anyway. And she said, if you know how to read and you know how to reason and you know how to study, where to get the information that you need to get in life, you can teach yourself anything yeah. that you want to learn in life.